two. We're live. And okay. we're live. Episode, Episode 31. 31. One month, month and a day in. Yes. Uh, today we're joined by a very special guest, Siham. She is yeah, also my welcome. cousin. Uh, welcome on to the show. So let us know who you are, what you do, and, you know. Sure. Thanks for having me, guys. It's exciting. I think it's a it's a it's a great initiative to be taken part of. I so I'm Ani's cousin first and foremost. I um, it's a good question. Uh, in the outside of a context of work, I don't think I've ever introduced myself. But I uh, I I'm I'm Kuwaiti. I live in Kuwait. I have spent quite a bit of time in the U.S. Uh, studying between Austin and the majority of my time, I lived in New York City. I went to business school there. I'm a former uh, strategy consultant um, and uh, venture capitalist for, for a short amount of time. And, and now I work at a startup that does food delivery called Deliveroo, where I head up the business here in Kuwait. Um, apart from that, I'm a big Liverpool uh, fan. I love sports. Um, um, I'm a big fan of uh, New York sports teams like New York Giants. I, I like the the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I like the Mets. So big sports fan. Um, and yeah, I enjoy I enjoy doing a lot of learning. Uh, I, I like to think of myself as a jack of all trades a little bit. But um, yeah, in a nutshell. Very, very interesting. Uh, so uh, I guess today's episode is uh, the importance of failing, which I think is very important. I am no mm-hmm. foreigner to failing myself. I don't mm-hmm. know about you, Ali. No, uh, same here. <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, so what uh-huh. are the importance of failing? Why do you think it's important that we fail at some point? Um, and, you know, just full disclosure, I don't, you know, this is not a new topic. I think I heard a TED talk about it. And uh, when these guys were kind of brainstorming on things that could be interesting to talk about, it, it just kind of came up. But um, yeah, look, I think. I think something that resonated with me when I heard this TED talk about, I think it was a TED talk, something like that about failing and the importance of failure is I think, you know, people don't recognize how much failure goes in to being successful to some extent or like the mm-hmm. perception of success. So, um, and I, I, I consider myself, I'm someone who I consider myself relatively successful. I, I went to a very good business school. I worked at a very prestigious consulting firm um, you know, I, I've had, I've held pretty important positions at a young age and, and I talk to a lot of people and I mentor people and, uh, what they don't realize is on the back of kind of a, a, a one page resume that summarizes your success and, and what you've done and what you achieved. There's usually maybe a 10 page list, uh, a 10 page failure resume, I call it on all the things you failed at and you haven't achieved and you haven't accomplished. And I think it's important to know that because I, I think it changes your mindset on, uh, what it means to fail. It changes, you know, people in this day and age always like to compare themselves and think, well, I'm not going to get there. This person has done, is, is successful. This person has never failed anything. But I think in the background, um, if you if you don't fail, if you don't taste kind of that, that pain of failing and falling down and getting up, uh, I think success is never as uh, just not quite as sweet. And I think it's important to recognize that every successful person you see or everybody who's accomplished something maybe you want to you wanna accomplish has gone through a lot of that um, and has stumbled and fallen to get to where they are. And, and so it's just something to keep in your mind when you see people that you look up to and you know, they didn't get there by kind of walking a perfect straight path. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I'm always happy to talk about my own failures and, you know, maybe when I, when I list off a resume and I say, this is what I've done. I went to Columbia. I worked at, at booze. I, you know, I worked at this, you know, 
it doesn't, no one's going to tell you, Hey, yeah, my name is whatever. And you know, I failed my SAT and I didn't, I did my GMAT three times and I didn't get into Harvard. Like, you know, that's not something they're going to say. They're going to kind of just talk before, about the highlights. What is yeah. successful? But before we get into that, let's, let's first off define, like, what is your definition of to fail something mm -hmm. or to fail? At something. I think is yeah. I think to fail is, you know, you aspire to do something, you set a goal and, and you fail to achieve it or you don't achieve it. So if I, definition of failure is if I am, am aiming to, um, to, I want to be an engineer and I want to get into MIT and I don't get in, then I failed at that specific goal. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's failure. You, you set a target and you don't reach it, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It doesn't mean, but that's in, in that's a very simplified definition you know that is a definition of failing at something Interesting. Um, i think but i think yeah yeah i think something you said that's very important is that like when we see successful people like on tv or in the media you feel like they're just successful and all these social media influencers are like 22 23 years old and they have their all their life put together and yeah. they're just so comfortable being themselves and um doing their thing successfully while we so the people regular people feel like it's like impossible to kind of break that bridge to get to there because they try doing mm -hmm. something maybe it's not as funny or it's not as charismatic or it's not as smart and they just give up entirely you know what i mean yeah I feel like part of the problem of social media also another part of the problem of social media is that people are just highlighting their best of the best and not not showing you know like um yeah even their downsides of any of anything yeah, yeah but Ellie, I think that's no. true of a lot of things Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead. No, I'm saying people always show you the best side of success, and I think that's why I think even like psychologists and 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 um, sociologists will observe kind of the recent generation and the way people compare their lives. Whether you're comparing yourself to a resume or you're comparing yourself to somebody's social media feed, you see that surface, and so you're constantly using that as a benchmark. But what you don't see is everything in the background, and uh, you know, not necessarily in the context of social media. Wow, everything looks perfect. Not failure, but just the less glamorous side of life. And it's the same with with work and success and accomplishments. You you're only going to see that that kind of very thin surface layer, and behind that is you know, a lot of stumbling. Um, but I think your generation and and any generation really, the younger generation, you need to see through that because I think it changes your mindset about failure and about accomplishment and about working hard and not giving up. And I wish I had seen more of that, I think, when I was growing up. Um, but I think it's a bit dangerous to, for people to get too comfortable with failing. It's like failing, yes, you mm. should be. Like you should fail one or two things at some point, but you shouldn't be comfortable with it. Because no, I don't course. know. Have Have you heard the whole uh, Einstein failed physics at like eighth grade or whatever? I'm pretty <laughs> sure you guys heard of this uh, at some I, point. I don't know if that's eighth real. Grade. I don't know if, yeah. I don't like, know if that's they, real. I, yeah. It turned out not to be true, but like oh, yeah. a lot. Of, I remember back in school, a lot of not a lot of teachers, mm -hmm. a lot of students were like, "So what if I failed?" You know, Einstein failed, and look at him; he's now the smartest of all time. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. Einstein, well, I, yeah. even if he did fail, like he wasn't comfortable mm -hmm. with it, and that pushed him further. You know, mm -hmm. that's a good. So that's, yeah, I think yeah. there's always, uh, like anything in life, you know, that there's you can't take it to the extreme. It's important to fail, but that doesn't mean that you should say, "Oh well, it's important to fail. I got to keep failing." I think, <laughs> I think it's more retroactive. Like when you look, at, it's not that you should aim for failure, but I think when you do fail, you realize it's important to go through that experience, and you know, it's an important part of the journey. Uh, nobody can, you know, go from from you know whatever starting point and maybe some people are an exception and they just do everything and they succeed but there's always small failures but of course that doesn't mean that you should set the bar low and, and mm -hmm. set yourself up to fail and i think einstein is a very different case i think he was almost too smart for that type of 
uh, rigid framework of schooling and, and education. And so he, so, I mean, I, I think the kids in your school audience probably shouldn't have compared themselves. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> they, they should not. Tell it. Yeah, no, they shouldn't. But there's always a balance, right? Like, yes. yeah, I mean, there's always a balance of things. Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to failure, but, Still, I mean, I, I always think of the things I failed at and I look, it's always, you know, they always say, um, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. but you look back and you say, well, well, okay, you know, I'm, I'm glad I kind of stumbled there because I learned one, two, three, and then I picked myself back up and that made me even more resilient and I just enjoyed it more when I did get there or, yeah, it, it kind of happens for a reason um, and it builds your character and it makes you empathetic to people who then now as someone who, you know, I've managed a lot of people, I've had big teams and I talk to them about their career, their development. I talk to them when they've stumbled and I can empathize. I say, I get it, you know, and, and did you know that I, I didn't get this and I didn't do this and I wasn't, you know, and I think that really makes it easier for them to accept their own failures or their own, not even failures, but things that they didn't do perfectly and say, okay, I, I can just try again and it'll work. So it makes you more human too. Yeah, that's, that's true. But here's, here's another I mean, it, good question. So how, yeah. do, you, how do you accept <laughs> defeat? Ooh. That's, how do you accept? Yeah, like how do you accept um, failure? Like yes. how I mean, everyone's watching it. Like yeah, if you have, if you like have a YouTube channel, for example, and you just put something very embarrassing, and now all your friends know how you know much of a dumb person you are. Yeah, but you know I, I, mean? I, I think yeah. Fail, yeah, it's it's how do you take whether that? it's in in your personal life, like as an individual, mm-hmm. or whether it's as a as a if you're leading a company. I mean, today when I talk to my team or multiple teams, I always say, guys, like we don't, you know, it's okay if we fail ninety percent of the time when we try different things in the business, we try a different marketing campaign or we try a different operation strategy. We, we should, you know, do as many things as possible, accept failure and then move on. I think you accept failure or you defeat failure, whatever. You have to kind of stop and embrace it. I'm not saying that you fail and you go, you know what? It's all part of the process. No problem. Yeah. I think you have to take the time to, 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 to understand why you failed understand what you did wrong, what you're going to do differently, because, you know, failure is not important. Failure is important because it's a process you go through of, of failing, stumbling, looking back. Okay. Why did I, you know, for example, just to make it tangible. Um, if, if I was studying really, really hard for uh, my GMAT exam and I took it the first time and I just didn't get the score I needed to get, you know, of course I'm going to be upset, but I'm gonna say, okay, what did I do wrong? Did I not study hard enough? Did I not you know, take the exam and was I not right in the right, not in the right mood? Did I not sleep enough? Like, what are the things I did wrong? And can I like kind of diagnose and say, okay, so I'm going to try again. I think it's in failure matters and you get over it when you know, you're going to either try again or kind of go on to the next thing. And so you, you don't have mm-hmm. to embrace it immediately. You kind of, you take it in, you accept defeat. It's like, again, I love football, right? How, if you're an Arsenal fan, maybe I maybe you are and you lose every season or you come six, Definitely. you know, how do you accept that? <laughs> You know, I think there's, it's a yeah. process. The first As an maybe, Arsenal fan, I just make excuses. <laughs> well, yeah, but it, it, it's still, it's still enjoyable mm. because you stop. You say, yeah. okay, we lost again. We didn't make it to the Champions League. Okay, stop. And, and you sulk for a bit. And then you say, okay, you know what? Why did we lose? Okay, we had a really bad defense. Uh, the coach wasn't right. And then if you're uh, assuming you're now part of the decision making, you say, okay, how do we rebuild? And that's the part that gets exciting because you've identified your, every failure identifies kind of a series of things that, that went wrong. And then you say, okay, how do I now tackle and fix those? And then you do those things. And then if you fail again, you say, okay, so I tried those things that didn't work. It's like a process of elimination. How do I now fix these things and do a little bit better? And so you kind of, 
you have to embrace it and you have to have a broader goal to say, okay, what am I going to take away from this and move on? Versus I think people who take failure or, or, you know, they stumble and they don't do something right. They stop, they take it in, they take it in. They, what did I do wrong? What do I learn? Those people end up being very successful because they take in that failure at whatever you're doing and, and they find a way to move forward. People who fail and then just go, this sucks. Everything sucks. I just didn't do it. And they either avoid something or like, just that's their mentality about not being able to achieve something. I think they have, they end up having very different paths. So how you handle it, and it's a good question, how you embrace it and how you get over it is, is very much a sign of, of, I think is a better reflection of how successful or how much you'll achieve versus someone, um, you know, it's a very telling sign how you deal with failure versus how you deal with success. Um, if that makes sense. So, you know, I, Mm -hmm. it sucks, but you kind of get used to it and, and you, you adjust your mindset. Um, mm-hmm. to, to make, you know, to take the positives, learn, and then move on. Um, well, I mean, how do you deal yeah. with failure? What's I, your, what's something you failed at? And then, you know, how do you reflect I'll on it? I'll tell you. And then I'll tell you how I would reflect on it. Fair. Okay. So I remember the first time I failed something in school, not school, like school, school, as in like university school. And yeah. I was destroyed. I was like, I was super done with it because I worked very hard and like not a lot of sleep. And like, I destroyed myself for that exam. I went, I did that exam and I messed up badly. And when the grades came out, I was expecting really high, like the usuals. And I got, like, I failed that. But subject. why do you think, and then you just were destroyed. Yeah, but what did, was, why did you think you failed? Here's, here's what happened. So I sat with myself. I was like, what went wrong there? What was different with that exam than the other exams? Was it the exam that was hard? Okay, all exams are hard. That's not an excuse. (laughs) Was it, did I not study enough? No, I slept four hours a day for about two weeks. So that's not a possibility. Then I I backtracked. I was like, wait, what was I doing? Sleeping four hours for two weeks. Mm. So I overworked. I didn't underwork. I overworked. So I realized, I was like, okay, fine let's do this exam again. So I had to reset that exam. And I like, I didn't just ace it. Like I almost got four grades when I took it at my own pace slowly and like recovered and learned from my past mistakes and just fixed all of that. Went in and I did really good in that exam. Yeah. I, I so, but see that's the right mindset, but some people they fail and then they just say, yeah, whether it's an exam or anything. And they're just mm. like, you know, they just, it kind of, there's a disconnect, but it, but I think, yeah, that process of, okay, what did I do wrong? Or should I have studied a different way? It's, there's a really good book about kind of how you take failure. In a way, it's about failure, but it's called Mindset. I think it's maybe one of the best books I've read about kind of what differentiates someone who is able to excel and do well versus someone who doesn't. And it's not IQ. It's not how smart you, you know, there's no such thing. It's really your mindset. Do you have a, and the book talks about like growth mindset. Are you someone who you stumble and you look for ways to grow and you believe that you're capable and you identify what you did wrong and you get better? Or do you have a, a limited mindset where you're like, you know what, no. I can't do it. It's me. And you stop. It's a really good book by a professor at Columbia. Uh, she's a, she's a psychology professor, I believe, but you know, my, your mindset and how you think about failure and, you know, is more important than your IQ or your like, you know, Oh, this person's smart. This person's dumb. That doesn't really exist. You know, this person works hard and has the right mindset. This person doesn't. Um, and to, yeah, to it's add a, on it's to a that, very good book. Mm. Yeah, to add on to that, I um, I think people take um, life in two kinds of ways. There is uh, the external locus of control, and there's an internal locus of control. 
differences. Mm -hmm. Some people blame everything that happens in their life on external factors. And some people blame everything that happens in their life on their own personal accountability. So what Ali did, he did the exam. He he could have been, and he failed the exam. Some people, if they wanted to blame the world, right, would be like, the exam was hard and I didn't get any sleep and it's, you know, whatever, the world's fault and... The doctors who made the exam, they hate us or, yeah, literally (laughs) You don't want us to pass, this whole system is broken, you know, why do we have to go to school, etc. Or what he chose to do is like, okay, what did I do wrong, right? And he took all that, like, personal responsibilities, like, what did I do wrong? What can I mm-hmm. change in myself so that next time I try it, I have a better chance of succeeding? And I think that approach to like any kind of failure is a huge because you can't control the world around you, obviously, right? So you got to focus on what yeah. you can control yourself and your mind. Yeah, no, I. Behaviors. That's absolutely true. And also, but also when you when you tell yourself, okay, what did I do? I could, you have to always believe you can do it better, right? Like you don't, you can't get in your own way. If you tell yourself like, you know what, this is the best I can do. And that's it. You know, you're, you're never gonna, you know, you're always going to find a way to, to, to fail. I think if you always believe that, look, I'm capable, I can do things. And this is not only how you should think, but that's how I think about everybody I work with or teammates or people I'm mentoring. Like you always have the ability and, and it's just about how do you get the right mindset to say, okay, how do I get there? What do I need to change? Accepting that there are things you might have to change, adjust, um, and, and you have to kind of be resilient. I mean, again, this is on a personal level, but also at, at a work level. I mean, to talk a little bit about work and kind of, you know, I work in an industry today, uh, we work in food delivery. It's very competitive. You know, it's, it's tough. You have ruthless competitors out there and you, we as a team and me as, as a, as a, as a manager, like we just have to accept that we're going to stumble and like, how do we, how do we get up and, and keep going? And we've had some times where we really stumbled and it's been really, really hard. But I don't think we ever had a moment where we stumbled and thought, okay, we don't have any more answers or, or we're done. We always got up and said, okay, this didn't work. What's next? We're going to make it work. You know, we're going to find the next step. We're going to take it up a level. We're going to pull out another like trick out of the hat and we're going to find a way. And, and so that kind of thinking, you can apply it to anything you're doing. Um, it just, it, you know, I, I can tell you there's few books I've read that can really change your mindset and really change the way you think about how you succeed, how you adjust, how you kind of accept a stumble and mindset really summarizes that. Uh, that. And I think, again, apply it to, to every, really to, to anything in life. Um, I think also, you know, um, another thing is that you got to pick the right struggle to go with. I think especially nowadays, it's going to, it's very hard to do a startup, let's say, if you want to go against, I don't know, like uh, Google Maps or something or Waze or one of those. If you want to make like a dri- GPS driving app, it's nearly yeah. impossible maybe to compete against this huge giants, right? And so you're just going to... Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's you got to like, like as much as you fail, maybe there is no way about it. So you got to find I, a different I, kind I, of... Yeah, I, I don't think, know what your perspective on that. Yeah. No, you're bringing very good... That's a very good point. I mean, you don't want to say, hey, look, I, I want to be better than Messi and... Uh, and I'm just going to keep trying and my mind spins. But I think you have to be, yes. you have to be realistic. I'm not saying you can't do it, right? But it's circumstantial. You have to be realistic about circumstances, about how far away you are and, and choose your battles. Um, it's a very good point. Like, I'm not going to go try to, you know, again, you have to have the right mindset to understand what you can and can't achieve and what it takes to achieve something. Um, like Ali thinking he can ace his next exam. It makes sense. He's in, he's, he's in college. He has, he has the aptitude, he has the resource, he has the time, he can achieve it. But Ali suddenly saying he wants to go uh, and, and beat like the IBM computer at chess, you know, does he have the skill set? You know, you have to have kind of a, <laughs> a, a, a good self-awareness to understand if you have the basics to succeed in the first place. 
before you kind of jump, jump off that ledge. So, I mean, self-awareness and, and understanding your resources and understanding what is achievable is very, very important. And then having said that, your mindset kind of gets you to that next level once you stumble. Um, there. That's fair enough to say. You know? <laughs> but Ali, we're trying to beat Joe Rogan. <laughs> is that is that a is this that a possibility? <laughs> uh, this is a Jocko Willink episode right here. Yeah. So you want to beat Joe Rogan at, at podcasting? I mean, I don't think Joe Rogan ever expected to be like the, you know the podcast host. Like I don't. You know, I think he, yeah. <laughs> he was probably quite resilient and and mm-hmm. you know just some things you never know. Like it's, it's like the um, there's always a certain amount of unknown about apart from failure, but there's always a certain amount of unknown when it comes to success and what people mm-hmm. want, consumer behavior, and like what's going to pick up or not. Like why is Joe Rogan, what, if you had to dissect his, his success, how would you categorize it? <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> a lot of shout outs and a lot of connections. Uh, no, nah, don't you say think, that. But he has, dude, he has in-depth conversations. He's, he's done a th- more than a thousand episodes. Fair. He's just been at it before like podcasts were a thing. He was doing it. True. Right. Very true. <laughs> and he's been doing and doing and doing it, and he's been and he got very good. But, and he got. Very but if good. you look at his success as a chart, it goes. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew him. Not a lot of people knew him. Nate Diaz shouted him out. You know. <laughs> yes. That's literally well, how it went. Well, how do you get that shout out? How do you get those connections in the first place? Because he was doing. He this was for yeah. So long, meaning no, all these not people. Only. Uh, UFC. Yeah. He's a commentator yeah. guy on UFC. He's also so. 50 years old right now. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of UFC, I mean, but, but what is the recipe? I mean, like, I, I'm I'm curious. I I listen to him sometimes. I'm not a huge mm. fan, but oh, what is you know, you know, yeah, what is the recipe? Is it why is do it, people like is him? It just yeah. Why? Why do you? Think there's him? yeah. There's no one like him really. There's like because everyone I'd say like everyone's attention span. The theory is that everyone's attention span is getting shorter and shorter. Right. Mm-hmm. With all like in television, that's the whole approach now. Right. They want it to be snappier, to be funnier, to have more ads, right. Right? YouTube, etc. But for some reason, uh, someone can listen to a two and a half hour conversation on, uh, I don't know, elk or <laughs> I don't know what is aliens, for example. Right. Um, so that was like so that was part of the, um, the change that, that, that happened with podcasting. And then he just kept on getting more and more interesting guests like I would say Joe Rogan isn't what he is without his, without his like huge of guests. Of course. When he had Elon Musk on, for example, like how can you not listen? How can you not listen to a two and a half hour conversation with Elon Musk? That's I think part of, you know what I mean? Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. Even if you're Neil not DeGrasse a science Tyson. person. That's, but how did he get to that? Anyway, I mean, I think yeah. how did he go from, not a lot of people know him, Joe Rogan, like used to mm. host like a weird show called Fear Factor, I think, like random <laughs> yep. actor. And then you know, to a point where everybody mm. wanted to, be. and it, it's interesting, I think, because my view, he kind of just, there's no filter. It's not, he's not necessarily an expert on anything particular. He kind of just, <laughs> he just says whatever he feels like. And I think people mm. want that now. There's too much commentary Honestly. and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he kind of just, you know, I, I'm, I have mixed feelings, but you know, I, I won't listen for two and a half hours, but I think a lot of people will. And it's quite an interesting phenomenon. So, you know, maybe you mm. guys are on your way to that. Maybe you have to be resilient, but you have to accept um, that there will be failure along the way. But if you want something bad enough and if you have the ingredients mm. and you say, you break it down and say, okay, what is it going to take to get to that level? Okay, we have to be persistent. We have to do an episode every day. We have to get better. We have to, uh, you know, make sure we get the right connections. We get the right shout outs. Um, and then we build on that. You know, I, I, I you know, it's, it's, of course it's achievable as mm. long as you're realistic and, and self-aware about, um, you know, what you need to get to that point so that everybody wants to listen to two and a half hours of, of you know, of your show. So yeah, definitely. definitely. Okay. I have a theory <laughs> and I remember okay. telling this theory to my person, like That's my right. best, best friend. I told him 
failure is important because it helps keep the ego, you know, under control. Mm. Like if we look at mm-hmm. famous people who never failed, like for example, uh, Floyd Mayweather, he's a boxer, 50 and 0, never failed, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you yeah, think that happens? doesn't mean he never failed. I think, you know, maybe he's never lost a fight. Yeah, he's but... never lost a fight. He's been successful in all these fights. Just, just hear me out. Yeah. What do you think happens when that 50 and 0 becomes 50 and 1? <laughs> <You're> one. <laughs> Yikes. For a person who's I mean, very egotistic and very like... Yeah, I, I think that's hard to swallow. I think that's unfortunate for him. I mean, it's... it's yeah, that's hard. It's harder to swallow. But if he's... If he has the right growth mindset, it won't matter to yeah. him. He'll say, okay, fine, I was undefeated, now I'm 15-1. What went wrong and how did that make me better? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it doesn't matter whether you're 50, you know, maybe your ego's huge, but if you have the right mindset, you just mm-hmm. say, okay, well, I stumbled, but what did I learn? And, and maybe that makes him a better fighter and he goes on to have a record of 101 versus 50-0, and 0, and which one is better? It's debatable. That's um, true, I th- but I th- I th- but can ego sorry. can can ego and the right mindset be like? I, yeah, together? I think also. Well, I think in the arts more so it applies versus like fighting is like you win you lose. But like in the arts, like Kanye West, we were talking about Kanye West at this point, he's too big to fail because he has this very strong fan base, right? And everything he does is a huge success, a huge hit, and that's also because of his talent, right? But at the same time, if he doesn't fail, he doesn't get criticized anymore, or if he doesn't take criticism. How does someone like him become too big? To but I, I don't think he's too big to fail. I think he's, he's mm-hmm. been criticized a lot. I think he's lost a lot of fans. I think, you know, I used, to, I used to love listening to Kanye West when, you know, back in 2005, 2004. You know, now I don't really care much for it. And I think he's, you know, he's lost fans along the way. He has critique. I think he, he's mentally unstable. Like, I don't think that's, you know, I think he's genuinely, like, not not all there and and you know i think but i think the question of is ego and mindset like you can have a big ego but still have a growth mindset and accept failure like maybe it stings you more but as long as you take the sting and you turn around and say okay what did i learn and how do i move forward i you know i think you can have both but ideally yes failure does make you more humble i think ego i'm not a fan of, of ego i think it doesn't do any good but you know i think being humble and accepting failure it's part of building Kind of a more uh, empathetic, like bringing down your ego, but that doesn't mean you can't have both. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. can have you can have an ego and, and still have growth mindset and accept failure and move on. I mean, maybe maybe not. I mean, it's I I, I can make that argument. I really debunked. <laughs> okay, uh, I will so say, there is someone. Yeah, there is one of my favorite. Speaking of like how things become very successful, there is my one of our favorite YouTubers is PewDiePie. This guy he has a hundred mm-hmm. million. 100 million subscribers, right, on YouTube, like for like mm-hmm. a guy talking on the camera, right? And um, recently he just mentioned, he's like, failure, well, if you don't quit, you don't fail, kind of. That's his whole mentality, mm. that he's been uploading a daily video for like 10 years now. And his whole mentality is even if I get 10,000 views, I didn't fail. If I get 100,000 views, I don't fail. If I get a million views, I don't fail. As long as my process is just uploading these videos, you know what I mean? I, but like, again, I, I mean, he's saying if you don't quit, you don't fail. I mean, it depends what you yeah. define failure as if, if, you know, but maybe that, that is a philosophy. I, I don't know if, um, I don't know if I think about it like that. I, I think that's a different way to think about failure and, and getting to your target. If his target is to continue doing what he's doing and, you know, whatever views he gets is good, then he's, you know, in a way he's not, he's not failing his goal and that's fine. But I, I'm more kind of definitive about like, I accept that like, this is my target. I didn't hit it. 
Mm -hmm. I failed. If I was him, probably I'd be like, okay, my target is to get a hundred thousand views. I got 10,000. Look, I failed, but I learned one, two, three, and I keep going. So I think you can have failure and still achieve your goals, but yeah, it's another way to kind of put it. It's another philosophy on, you know, if you never quit, you never fail kind of thing. I mean, I, I think it's a good way to think about things, but everybody has their kind of go-to. I think everybody, or my experience, you always kind of have a few things that are your go-to principles that you think about when you go through difficult circumstances or when you go through something that's tough or, you know, you need to reflect on something, you have your go-to things. Like for me, it's okay. I accept failure. You have to fail. How do I think about it? How do I move forward? Um, or, you know, failure is part of kind of shooting for things and, and failing and, and trying and learning. And, and that's my mindset. Um, everybody has their way. Some people will fail mm -hmm. and say, you know what, I haven't failed, you know, as long as I keep going. Um, and it's important to have that, like, that's your toolkit of mental health and wellness that you use to get through, you know, the more difficult situations in life or, or failures or things that you stumble on. And you need to have that. You build it over time. As you get older, you have something to refer to. Um, but I don't know. I think maybe in, in, I don't know, you guys are younger. I don't know if you already have that. Like when you go through something tough, do you sit with yourself and say, okay, let me pull my kind of key principles on life and failure and, and, and reflect and, and, and put this into perspective, but maybe, I did you, go maybe, through, maybe you don't. I did went through like a few of those kind of stuff where it was a breaking point and I really had to pull out all my, like everything. Like I had to just get mm -hmm. myself together, Brilliant. focus on well, what I was doing wrong and like just come up with a new strategy on how to tackle things in life yeah you know, i like, think when with age it's very different i mean when yeah. i was for sure 18 um for you know one stumble would just throw me way out of whack but i mean today i don't really think i'm afraid of any kind of failure like i i, I look forward to it i think it's always a challenge but you know which is the good news for you guys like as you get older um it's you have a very different mindset on on what it means to fail and you're, you don't really fear it anymore i mean i'm kind of immune now I, I mean, I, I guess to the point, like, if you don't quit, you kind of just keep going and you find a way, you adjust your mindset and you go, I mean. Yeah, I feel like you say that with age, maybe it be, you become more adaptive to failure, but I, from my perception. If you I train think, yourself I, the right way. Train yourself the right way. I know a lot of people. Which is why I'm saying it's important to embrace failure. Doing their thing. A lot of people go about their lives doing their thing and not really do what they want to do, right, in life. Like, let's mm -hmm. say you work in, classic example, like you're working as an accountant, right, to have like a safe. Yeah life right but what yeah, you want to do for is those people being a pianist i don't know for something right yeah so yeah. yeah so that i feel like and the older you get the harder it is to to, to fail because you haven't done so consistently yeah yeah mm -hmm. i feel bad for those people though yeah like people look back and and they say you know i've kind of played it safe and i but i think training your brain to accept kind of a growth mindset you do it at an early age and uh, for me, like I'm someone, I love my job. I wake up every day. I, I love life. I'm excited to go to work. You know, I, I consider myself one of the few. I know a lot of people just, they say, especially in this part of the world, you know, work is like, they hate work. They hate the idea of going to work. It's terrible. Uh, uh, ugh, work. I just want to punch in, punch out. And I'm the opposite. I love going to work. I love my job. I love the challenge. Um, I, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm an agnostic when it comes to the type of, I mean, I've worked in different industries, but I think fundamental skill sets are the only thing that matter. But, you know, I, I'm very lucky in that I've trained myself one to accept failures. So I've taken on risk and I've taken risk until I found kind of what I think the ultimate kind of, uh, job and lifestyle for me is. So yeah, I really, when you say something like the accountants who hate their job, oh man, it makes me feel so bad. Yeah. I don't know if you've if you seen a random do, a little 
tangential, but okay. there's a documentary called, um, I think it's called janitor not janitors. It's about janitors and the documentary mm -hmm. is about these janitors in a, in a hospital somewhere in the U S maybe in Massachusetts. And they, they have a very simple job, right? Like people always complain about the job they do and what they do, but these guys, they're, they find so much joy and purpose. They're janitors. They work at a hospital, but they just, they, they find meaning for what they do. They find the value and they absolutely love their job. They pay so much attention to it. They find so much purpose in it. And it's such a, I mean, it's random, but it's such a good documentary about how you, yeah. you know, you take a craft or you take something that you do and you really find a way to, to embrace like, what is the purpose of what I'm doing? Mm -hmm. How does it add value? Um, and just like really find a way to love what you do, no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and no, a lot of people yeah. just like, unfortunately, <laughs> no. hopefully you guys mm -hmm. find that kind of purpose, but you can find it in anything really like, mm -hmm. You know, even being an accountant, which I feel bad for those people, but I mean, mm -hmm. no, yeah, no, it's true, it's true. And if you love what you do, you you love your life, and it's it's important for people to, I know, be you're spending happier. how much time at work. Is the documentary called "In the Realms of the Unreal"? No, it's called. Um, I'll look it up, but it, that documentary. There's also like a few documentaries that are all around the same theme. Like I'm sure you guys mm -hmm. have seen or heard of Jiro Dreams of Sushi." You know, he's a guy who makes, I mean, if you haven't seen this documentary, you have to watch it. It's about um, a sushi chef. He's very old and he What's is called? obsessed with making sushi. Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Wow. You guys really have never heard of it. It's a, Jiro. J-I-R-O. Dreams of Sushi. Um, there we go. But it's, um, it's a must-see. And it's, it's, I mean, maybe the movie's about sushi and it makes you want to have sushi, but it's about... Um, I see. Really, someone who who finds just joy and purpose in a very very simple craft, mm -hmm. um, and looks at every detail. And the the movie about the janitors, oh, it's called. Um, what's it called? I, I'll look it up. We watched it in business school actually, uh, because we were talking about you know how to find joy in your career and what it means to 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 find purpose in your work. I mean, we all mm -hmm. spend what eight ten hours a day at work, five days a week, you know if you don't find some kind of joy and usefulness in that, you're going to be miserable. So watch this documentary. It's, um, so here on this I mean, it must, it has really viewing. high reviews. So yeah. All right. That's very like, cool. on the watch list. Great. Yeah. On the watch Trust list. Me. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So I, uh, I don't recommend a lot of stuff. I recommend this. Yeah, no, but that's good. Cause everything you recommend is very inspiring. And I think people just need to have that something yeah. motivating for them to do. Even though motivation nowadays is hard. No, I think you need to train your brain. Motivation is not, I mean, again, maybe a little tangential, but you know, on the topic of like accepting failure and what your mindset is, you can't, motivation is not about looking for something that's going to spark like that. Like, oh, I'm motivated. I think motivation is about training your brain. It's like a muscle. You know, if you exercise, you go to the gym, you train a muscle, you don't do a couple of workouts and suddenly your biceps are bulging and you're, you know, it's, you have to train yourself. So motivation is something you train yourself to do. How do you get motivated? You, you build kind of purpose. You, you look at things that inspire you. It's not, you know, inspiration, motivation. You're it's never going to be something you get just with one thing or one inspirational quote or you know, mm -hmm. that's again, my experience after you know working and, and working in very competitive fields for what is it now? Like almost 10 years. 
it's something you build and you practice and it's so never how do you build it yeah, how do you train yourself to become motivated then if it's not something external like how yeah that's uh, i, I actually think, want to know this uh, well i think you find one you find purpose in what you do so whatever it is you're doing you know you you have to kind of take a step back and say what am i doing why am i doing it um you know what does it mean what is the result of what i'm doing um and you have to kind of look for that every day so you go in you do a piece of work um, you know, let's say in the early days of my career, I, I, I studied engineering and I was working as a construction engineer and maybe in the first, yeah, I was struggling to be inspired or find purpose, but I took a step back. I started to connect the dots. What am I doing? Okay. I'm making a design of a concrete slab. What does that fit into? Okay. This is fitting into a larger project. Who am I interacting with? How do my interactions impact those people? You know, what can I do to be more useful? And, and I'm always looking for those things. I'm always looking for those small things that add value and make a difference and, and, and create, you know, people a lot of times say like life is about finding happiness. To me, it's about being useful or finding usefulness. Like how am I being useful? And the more I kind of focus and pick up on those things over time, it, it starts to build in my mind. Like I'm doing this, I'm being useful, I'm building towards something. And that is how you train your brain to find kind of that motivation or inspiration because you're looking for the thing that you're doing or the thing that you're impacting that might not be obvious. You know, it's like, oh, I'm a doctor. So that means I'm going to do brain surgery and save someone's life. It might be simpler things. It might be, okay, I'm a, I'm a janitor like this documentary. And, you know, when I clean the, the, the room of this patient who's, uh, you know, who's terminal and very sick, when they see me and they appreciate how clean the room is, it just makes them 1% happier. And, you know, for someone who's, who's terminal dying, that makes a big difference or their small interactions with the patients really bring them joy. And it's the things that are not obvious that add value and are useful that you program yourself to appreciate and see and recognize. That's what creates the motivation to me. Um, but again, it, it's, that takes time. And, and so you have to be conscious of it and consciously build it. And just like today, I love my job, right? And that's maybe years of practicing to appreciate what I do. Mm-hmm. I love it because it's not just about yeah getting food delivered because you know, that's a process, but every meeting I have, what does it mean when I have a meeting with a team and I say something that, you know, helps them solve a problem or I add value to what they're doing, or I have a conversation with a teammate and, and it makes them feel a little bit better. Or, you know, we work with drivers and, and, you know, they, you know, you talk to them and you get, you, you get a little bit of their experience. They're exposed to you. These small things mm-hmm. make it really enjoyable and make it meaningful. And so look out for those things in, in the, in, in your day to day and your life and what you're doing. And if you, if you struggle to find those things, then maybe you need to make a change. But um, usually if you look close enough, you'll see things that you, that are not obvious kind of on the surface. I think think that's very well said. Yeah, that's very well said. I I know. Yeah. I know a lot of people who would say that maybe like being motivated is like a privilege. Maybe that it's like, if you like, if you do a job that you love and you're just doing that um, good for you, I'm just trying to make money so I can feed my family right? Like that, or I just need to get a job, a job, right? Do you think that it's like, uh, for, for people like that, do you think, um, they, so like they, a lost cause they can't, or? yeah, they're a lost cause or what's so uh, yeah. What, what, no, I, again, it doesn't mm-hmm. like look at the janitors like the, that work at the hospital or, or, you know, for sure you want to make money to feed your family and that's important, but it doesn't take away from the fact that you can find small things that make you feel how important, how much value you're adding, how useful you are. And then that gives you self-gratification satisfaction, yes. which makes you generally happier. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, sure, you're, you just need to get a, a job, whatever job it is. Like, um, 
and, and you might, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to get a job. I'm going to work at a grocery and, and be at the checkout. You could see it as that and say, whatever, I just want to make money. Or you can find ways to say, okay, what am I doing that adds value? You know, I'm in this position. Uh, if I smile at someone who's less fortunate, or if I, if I take advantage of this opportunity to, to uh, make this old lady's day by kind of helping her pack things, does that add more value to me? And therefore I'm now feeling like that's, it's not going to be that one thing. That's the thing. That's the trick about it. Again, it's like exercising a muscle. It's never going to be that one pull up that makes you really strong. It's all the little ones that you do that builds kind of into your, into your brain and you kind of program yourself to appreciate what you're doing, to see the value. So, I mean, I would argue that, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can find that value in anything. It doesn't have to be the perfect, there's no such thing as a perfect job. Mm-hmm. Like no one's going to hand you like, here's your dream job. Like the, people say, oh, I want a dream job. No such thing. Uh, you know, you kind of make it what it is and you find ways to appreciate it. Uh, that's my, my experience. And I've worked across, I've seen a lot of people work. I've worked across a lot of organizations and uh, it's really, it's, it's what you think of the job and it's what you make of it. Very interesting. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's, I think we're good. So we <laughs> we because, yeah, that was, no, I'm that just, cause amazing. that was, yeah, that was a lot of very important that stuff that was being mm-hmm. said. So it's like, taking Can I just say, is very, you know, important. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I, was, I feel like a lot of people are at home right now because of COVID situation that's been happening. And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people have lost their meaning because people are used to this routine where they do their job and they love their life right and Mm -hmm. they're like they love their job let's say and now they can't do their job for months and months yeah um should move on and try to find something else or i don't know what's the no i mean i think look circumstances are difficult and i think everybody should seek out their livelihood because at the end of the day uh, it's very difficult to comment about people who are struggling right now with work Mm -hmm. and find like it's a difficult situation i think for those who have the luxury of let's say okay you're stuck at home maybe that's the worst thing that's happening to you you're stuck at home you can't go out you can't work but you know you have the financial means to to sustain yourself i think take advantage of the opportunity like there's so much to learn there's so much to do we always tell ourselves there's no time to i've enjoyed this covid thing a lot like not enjoyed but i found a, a great silver lining in, yeah. in being at home i've taken online courses i've learned a lot of things that i thought i never had time to learn or college courses i never took um, I've read a lot more books. I've, I've finished books that I'm like, I don't have time. I don't have time. Uh, I've spent more time meditating, doing yoga, exercising. Like if you're, if you have enough food to eat and you have a roof over your, your head and you're financially stable, but you're stuck at home, you like, we're really lucky to have this like forced break from life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people who tell me, Oh, I'm so bored. It sucks. Like I just, I have a big <laughs> problem with that. Um, there's all there, you have your phone, you have the internet, there's so much stuff to learn and do and consume. Like you've got to be out of your mind if you're bored, no offense to anybody, but you know, take, take the opportunity. (laughs) It's not going to last forever. I mean, look at us. We took the opportunity and we're running a podcast 31 days straight. (laughs) 31 days straight. (laughs) Yeah. But finding time to do things that maybe you didn't have time to do. It's, it's, it's great. Like enjoy every moment of it. Don't, you know, when it ends, it ends and we go back to life, but this is not like for people who are out of work and who are impacted like that is absolutely like just it's tragic and if you find Mm -hmm. ways to help those people go out and help them Mm -hmm. uh if you find like you don't have other purpose there's a lot of ways to help people um but otherwise you know sit and learn and and take it in and um wake up in the morning i'm a morning person wake up early like meditate have your coffee and uh, life is good i mean it's it's enjoy every moment of it I, i that's kind of I've, I've liked it. I've liked this whole COVID thing. 
we're glad right. that you know you found the advantage in the disadvantage which mm -hmm. is a skill that everyone needs to learn to do i think is yeah okay yeah the silver so, lining right yes yeah silver lining or we can call it the little gray area of how to you know do in your spare time because it's it is true and i do honestly i say this to my friends a lot i tell them okay the world is kind of going to like trash and stuff but <laughs> like it's 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 your opportunity uh -huh. to learn something you know learn a guitar watch like learn to play a guitar or like an instrument go watch the movies you never got to watch because we've been always studying 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 you know like now is your chance to do everything yeah, your you friends ever are, wanted. Their mindset, maybe don't be friends with them. But I mean, no one should be bored. And, and people <laughs> who are bored in COVID will be bored when COVID's over because, mm. you know, yeah. I, I think it's... That's true. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Know. Yeah. I think those shout, are people that maybe... Just shout out to my friends. <laughs> I guess we're not friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, try them. Once it's over, see if they still feel bored or, or like once they can go to the house and everything perfectly resolves itself i don't know i i, mm -hmm. I my hypothesis is people tend if people are bored they'll be bored no matter what um if people yes. want to find thing, ways to be engaged they will i mean i look at you guys you, you're finding a way to stay engaged and, and you know i think the reason why uh, boredom is on the rise nowadays is because we uh, this this is always my reason to why everything mm -hmm. is going bad towards this right here mm -hmm. this device mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. are always like getting these these uh what we call like a little spike of dopamine, dopamine. in their brain, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So they get too used to everything being so, oh, okay, phone, YouTube, you know, food. So, yeah, yeah. so they're too into dopamine that they don't appreciate the little stuff like getting up, cooking, you know, making coffee, yoga, exercise, uh, starting yeah. something new, learning a new mm -hmm. skill. So because that's, that's why people get but bored. But that takes easily. it takes effort. Again, it's like a muscle. You have to train yourself yeah. not to look at your phone constantly, to meditate, to enjoy things that. You, but you're right. That's that's and maybe other uh, Ali because you said you're into behavioral mm -hmm. psychology. Like you said, you know, people are so used to that spike, and it's like an addiction. Yeah. So mm -hmm. focus on yeah. getting away from it. You know, it's it's, the phone is not the problem. You're the problem. You know, well, I'll like, say that the phone is also the problem. It is part of the, the technology is also influencing us in ways that we weren't like aware of. Just like just our generation, right? Just being constantly sure, sure. part of this dopamine spike. It's not easy, and because it's the mainstream right now. So like, kind of what we're doing is going against the mainstream, you know what I mean? Just like not being yeah, like, yeah. So that's when part you're of the aware of it. Yeah, when you're so aware you're of aware it. You're aware of that dopamine spike. So you subconsciously kind of have to train yourself to stay away. No, not subconscious. It's, it's conscious. I mean, we know well, about subconscious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and consciously. Fair enough. So, okay. You know. You know. Mm -hmm. Read a book for yes. 20 minutes. I don't know. <laughs> I, just, no, I read a bunch for five, six hours. So I'm, I'm good. Yes, I am good. But not just like uh, not just like your, your medical textbooks, I hope. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I think part of the problem is that people don't like take that learning as something that they should be doing all the time. They don't think they don't know that they should be learning all the time, maybe. Or that they should be working on themselves. That's not a Ellie. They don't know that they are learning all the time. You're always learning something new. Like there's not a single day that goes by that you don't learn something new. Uh, I know. Whether yeah, it, whether whether it's conscious or subconscious, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's right. It's yeah, it's the quality. Mm -hmm. Like is it something yeah, important? Yeah. There's so much good stuff. The quality of inputs. So in much here. good yeah. stuff to learn. There's so much good stuff. There's too many books in the world about very interesting topics and we have the luxury and time to read and embrace it. And it's, 
it's it's a shame if you don't take advantage of that i mean again that's that's kind of my my limited perspective but it's it's yeah enjoy every minute train yourself to to take a step back i i always believe in training your brain like people say oh no no i can't meditate i can't stay focused for that long or i can't read because i get bored it's like yeah but you know you can't yeah on training your brain i know you're muted Sam. but on training your brain i'll say that maybe training your brain is like hard to like can like to consider of because you i don't know how you can train your brain right but maybe you can choose the behaviors you want to do every single day and that in turn will change your brain right like i like this podcast for example we're doing this every day this has become so smooth just woke up rolled out of bed <laughs> and now i just you know can come on and talk and do our thing and um yeah just you said these goals that you can set every single day as you said between meditation and yoga Or if you're reading a book, even if you're finding hard to read a book, I'll tell you this, just read 10 minutes every single day, 10 minutes yeah. every single day. That's the hack to anything you want to do. If you want to do it, yeah. that's how you'll do it. Oh, we right, lost Siham. We lost Siham. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, uh, let's just wrap it up right here. Thank yeah, you so much. Thank, yeah, thank you. If you're watching this episode now, thank you so much for joining. <laughs> this was really fun and a very important topic that has a to be discussed. Uh, closing remarks would be people, failing is not the end of the world. It really isn't. You have to, you have like, it, it's, it's a part of life to succeed and to fail, right? You, you are forced. You will, there's no such thing as always succeeding. You will fail eventually, but it's all about how you take that failure and bring something good out of it. How you can use this turning point to become better at what you're doing. Right. So uh, thank you, everyone. I'm pretty sure if Sihab was here, she'd want to shout out like Deliveroo or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. So I just did that for you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, You're yeah. Uh, Two Cats should be coming out on July 4th. Watch exactly. out. That's like how many oh, days my. from now? That's We're going to do it daily. Something like that. Uh, Countdown. <laughs> it's like, yeah, wow, it's not even 10 days from now. Yikes. 10 days? Oh, oh wow. God. That's, that's yes, in two weeks. 10 mm -hmm. days. So, mm. I don't know. Do you want to do like a live premiere? You want to do a live premiere of us watching it together? Oh man, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll definitely do some. We'll, we'll do some, do some, some fun things. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. we'll <laughs> maybe, maybe. Hey, you know what? Maybe we can have the two people that saying. that we'll, we'll them and we'll, we'll discuss this. Thank you guys for coming on uh, Blueberry Die. Uh, we'll be out like in like. Three or four days, I'm guessing. I don't know. Don't call me on that. Anyways, I'm Ali. That's Ali. Thank you mm -hmm. and peace. You gotta hang up, dude. Oh, I just realized. <laughs> <laughs>